here on earth. And the Spirit of God is going to come and indwell us and would fill us with the flow, the river of the life of God and extend the kingdom of God through us. That's what he's come to do. He's come to be our guide, our strengthener, our teacher, to remind us the things Jesus said and to bring us into all truth. And the other word for that, um, for that word truth is reality. It's going to bring us into all reality. The reality of the life with God. The reality of the joy, the peace, the power that is in the Godhead actually indwelling us. And um, so it's wonderful here this morning that the Spirit of God has been so present in this gathering. And you know it says in the, in the scriptures, it says, where the Spirit is Lord, there is freedom. Praise the Lord, we have freedom this morning. To praise, to worship, to lift up our hands, to see the release of the Spirit in words of knowledge and encouragement, prophetic words that have come here this morning. And may there be more and more and more, and may we be standing together at a new season, which we are in the life of people of the church, and a new season of the whole flow and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Because he has come to bring us life. The point is this, what we've had before has been great. But God takes us on. He never takes us back. He wants us to go on. He wants us to go from faith to faith. From strength to strength. From glory to glory. Amen. Amen. So we're moving, we're a people who are moving on. And, uh, and that onward move. Is going to be by the energy and the power of the Holy Spirit as He works His mighty power and purpose out through us. You know, when I first started on this, it was just a series, little series of three messages that um, I wanted to bring. I started last, last time, uh, a few weeks ago, with um, speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking about the two specific times when it's recorded in the scripture where the Lord says receive the spirit or the scripture is stated receive the spirit and we look first of all at John chapter 20 verse 22 where on that what we call resurrection Sunday when Jesus appeared amongst the disciples where they were hidden locked up in a room for fear of the Jews and he said to them, be at peace. And then after he'd spoken that, and there's something else, then he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And he breathed upon them. And that moment as they received that breath of God, it was just like, very similar to Adam being breathed upon by God in the garden and receiving life and becoming a living person. Well, he lost that spirit life with God. Of sin. But hereafter, Jesus took our sin upon the cross and made a way totally open to the Father to come back into relationship with Him. He comes again to His disciples and says, Receive the Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit. So then He's restoring spirit life, the life of the Spirit, into the hearts and spirits of those people. Then 49 days later, we come 
we come to the day of Pentecost. And Acts 2 says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, we've witnessed this in a moment, then the Holy, the Holy Spirit came again upon these people. And this time they were immersed in the Holy Spirit. You know, when you're baptized, you're put down, you're immersed in water. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it is the Spirit of God that comes upon you. You don't go down into the water, but the Spirit comes down upon you and immerses you. And that is a whole new beginning. Jesus said, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and the other part, and um, other parts of the world. Um, Get the exact words there, all too great. But anyway, let me just read this wonderful chapter. I'm never tired of reading in Acts chapter 2, where it says the day when the day of Pentecost was fully come, um, they're all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the most amazing thing here because the Spirit of God came upon them and filled them in such power and such fullness that they simply could not contain it and they could not express themselves in their own language. They simply burst out with all kinds of different languages. And although there were people there, it says they were so amazed, the crowd that were there, utterly amazed. They are, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it then that each of us hears them in his own language, native language, Barbians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya and Israel, visitors from Rome, the Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one what does this mean? And so that gives Peter the opportunity to stand up and uh, explain which he does want. This is the Spirit of God. He declares. Now, the Spirit of God has come not just to fill us with power, but also he's come to fill us with all the gifts of the Spirit of God. And um, this is something that Paul prays for the Ephesian church in chapter 3. He prays that they may be filled to all the fullness of God. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know this is the heart of our great God. It is that each one of us, his people, his family, will be filled to what level? To all the fullness of God. He wants you to be filled. How much more can I say that? To all the fullness. How big is fullness? It's as big as you can imagine and more. It's the very presence and power and life of God. And of course, when the Spirit of God is dwelling upon a people, and of course when people gather together like that who are filled with the Spirit of God, 
and they start to worship the Lord, all of a sudden the Spirit, who's come to reveal Jesus and to take of the things that belong to Jesus and reveal them to us, the Spirit starts moving and it talks about, and its movements are called manifestations. And this was happening, it's wonderful that in many ways the church at Corinth, where, where Paul stayed for 18 months teaching them and seeing them all come out of darkness and into the marvelous light of God and filled with the Spirit, he said that that church got so enthusiastic about Jesus, they were so full and overflowed that their meetings actually got a little bit, shall I say, wild, a little bit un uncontrolled. They simply had a big time of trouble trying to um, sort of bring order into, bring order, what is it? Trying to control um, their desire to give and to bless and to overflow with the power of the Spirit moving and churning within them. So Paul, in one sense, it was great also because it caused Paul, brought Paul into the necessity of writing to this amazing letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And um, I want to, he, after dealing with other things in the church, he says, um, I want, I want now to talk to you about spiritual gifts. And he says, so he's trying to bring order to them and understanding. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now he speaks, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, which is what God is starting to do more here amongst us, and has started again there this morning. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one that is given through the Spirit, the message or the word of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. You notice that little passage there, from which I just read from verse 7 down to verse 11. It sort of starts now to each one, and it ends out to each one is given. Paul's vision, Paul's conviction, is that each one of us who is baptized in the Spirit and upon walking with Jesus has the right to their own individual experience of the Spirit of God and their own manifestation of the Spirit of God. Uh, in forms of ministry giving out to others. Praise the Lord. Each one. Yes. Amen. So I want to lift um, teachers have made a practice of um, summarizing these nine gifts of the Spirit, these nine manifestations, into three sections of three, or three different categories, which I'll just give you. It's not doctrine, but it's just convenience, but it's helpful. So first of all, you've got the three gifts of revelation, which is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, 
and discerning the spirits. Remember how Jesus cast out that spirit from the, the woman who for years had been bent over um, and uh, he, he named it. He discerned the spirit that was giving her that problem and he cast out and commanded a spirit of infirmity to leave her. And so, and so you find the other, um, the other uh, apostles do similarly in other situations. They see into the spirit realm. Just discerning the spirit doesn't mean to say, you know, that you're seeing what a nice chap somebody is, or he's a good man, or he's everything. But you're seeing the spirit activity that's going on in his or her life, and you're able to address that and command it and bring deliverance and freedom. So there's the gift, three gifts of revelation. There's three gifts of power. Faith, miracles, and what's the third one? I just thought I'd start to give you an opportunity to catch up and speak to So faith, miracles, and healing. And then there's three gifts of utterance, or what's called the vocal gifts. That's tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. And of course, the vocal gifts are the ones that actually cause most of the trouble. Because as James points out, the tongue is the problem member in the body. Um, but uh, I want to speak this morning about the vocal gifts and um, hopefully bring some fresh understanding and encouragement uh, to each one of us. Turning to um, chapter 14, verses 2 and uh, to 4, um, the scripture says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire um, spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For if anyone, notice here that um, this following the way of love, it's not follow the way of love or um, seek spiritual gifts. It's probably it's not um, an option or an alternative way. It is follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Love is not a gift. Love is a fruit. And it's the fruit of love as being the way in which the gifts are ministered. So, so important that we see his heart in all of this. He says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strength and encouragement and comfort. He who speaks in an unknown, speaks in a tongue, edifies himself and says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. There are other um, down here. Um, tongues, I'll come into that later on. Let me just say this. Just these two verses here reveal three major values of speaking in tongues. One is, um, it says here, when someone speaks in a tongue, he does not speak to men, but to God. And, and um, 14, chapter 14, verse 14, says that when you speak in a tongue, uh, in unknown tongue, it is your spirit that speaks. So you're speaking to God and you're speaking by your spirit. And this is an awesome thing. So here's the privilege that comes when the gift of tongues, when you move in that, you, um, you're actually able to speak spirit to spirit to the living God. 
you may not know what uh, what to pray or how to pray. It says in Romans 8, when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit comes and He speaks and He prays for us. He puts words in our mouth, even that we may not understand, but it's an expression of the heart. And it's our spirit in communication with the living God. The other thing it says that he lives who speak an unknown tongue. It says he utters mysteries with his spirit. That's things that our little coffee minds can't put their, their heads around, that we don't understand. It's something that belongs to the spirit world. When you speak an unknown tongue, you're speaking mysteries, the mysteries of God's intentions and purposes. Uh, you know, his intentions, his purposes, and his heart, what he wants to do and release in the realm of the spirit. We're able to cooperate with that kind of thing if we speak in, in the spirit and pray in the spirit. And, uh, and then thirdly, these are three main things. He who speaks, verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And there, that means that it builds you up, it encourages you, it moves within your spirit. Don't we all need that kind of building up? Isn't it wonderful? The Jude says, speaking of the last days, he said, keep yourselves in the love of God, praying in the Holy Spirit, building up yourselves in your holy faith. There's something about the power of the Spirit that's released within us that releases the love of God to us, builds us up in our faith, and, uh, and encourages us. Yes, praise the Lord. Edifying, you, you get our word edifice in that. It's to build up, and edifice is a building. There we go. There's another, um, I mean, if you only had those, some people think, what's the point of speaking in tongues? Well, there you've got three very clear points. And if you only had those three, it would be enough. But there's more than that, because there's another kind of tongue that speaks, um, speaks about when you speak in the assembly, um, and you bring a message in tongues. You can't do that just out of your own head. It says, these are all given by the operation of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the tongues with which you speak in a meeting is something that the Holy Spirit moves upon you specifically to do. It's different from the ordinary tongues you use just in your own private prayer time with the Lord. Um, and that requires interpretation. And it says elsewhere, when you speak in an unknown tongue of a meeting, pray to interpret. And that's an important thing for us. Thirdly, um, in verse 22-14, it says that as tongues then are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. And that happens, you know, when God's people perhaps are ministering or are out somewhere, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God moves upon them. They take a step of faith and release a message in tongues that somebody else, that is an unknown language, and somebody else nearby who hears them and understands that language, and it becomes a sign to them of the reality of God. When I was reading and studying up about all this, I came across a story that Derek Prince told, um, what a testimony he was giving, where Years ago, when he was a young preacher, 
He's, um, he was holding the gospel um, service. And uh, his daughter, one of his daughters, one of his daughters brought in this young Welshman off the street. She'd been out there trying to encourage people to come. And um, he sat in, and he only sat in the meeting room. And um, the uh, Derek Prince had done his gospel um, message, and he was getting to his gospel invitation just about the group there, when all of a sudden an elderly gentleman in the congregation um, lifted up his voice and gave this message in tongues, which was really a bit annoying because he thought that's out of order and he ruined my appeal. But um, this young man turned to Derek Prince's daughter and said, why is that old man telling of all my sins um, in, a, in an open public meeting? And um, it took 10 minutes to convince um, this young fellow who was Welsh that the old man did not know a word of Welsh. But he was speaking Welsh. Of course, he came to the Lord. It was a sign to an unbelief. He came to the Lord and uh, he's now Derek Potter's son in so, so that was wonderful. So and you know, another time, just going back on some testing material, there was a lady. Um, in uh, visiting in hospital, who belonged to a church called St. Luke's in Seattle, Washington. And she came to this fellow lady there, and uh, she tried to speak to him in English, but uh, he, he just didn't respond in any kind of way. And obviously, he wasn't understanding. So she thought, um, being an enthusiastic, charismatic, she just decided she step out of the boat as it were, and open her mouth and just began to speak in, in, in a tongue, to the tongue. which the guy made him dead perfect. And um, he answered back to her. And then she answered back to him and had a little conversation. And then she moved on, leaving him feeling tremendously encouraged and, uh, and, and whatever. He found out later that what she'd been speaking, she didn't know a word, was canary island Spanish. And it was just the Lord. I mean, don't just bless the Holy Spirit. How amazing He is to, to move like this. There was another situation where um, there was a, um, a lady, um, American lady, um, uh, visiting Russia and was sitting on the subway next to another gentleman there who looked absolutely um, as if the world was on his shoulders and so miserable and unhappy. And she just longed to um, speak, uh, say something, do something, but she didn't know any Russian. So she just decided she just cast caution to the wind and, um, and just started speaking to him in tongues. Whereupon, once again, he just, he just perked up and, and it was, she left him just completely encouraged. And that was just, once again, a sign to an unbeliever. And these things happen. They're not happening all the time, but they happen. And there are wonderful stories about it. And it just goes to show the Holy Spirit, it sounds silly to say this, but the Holy Spirit is alive and well. And he's, and he's active and moving through us and wanting to move through us. But it takes us to take those steps of faith. Because if we don't take the step of faith, we'll never uh, move on in anything. 
So there we go. Tongues is an amazing thing. Sometimes it can be you feel that you're in a flow of tongues and coming out angry or with great force. And it's believed that when that kind of thing happens, you're sort of confronting spiritual powers and moving them off, as it were. And so moving in the spirit like that. Because there's intercession in tongues as well. So often we don't know how to pray. But when we yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit, He prays through us. Awesome thing, don't we? Praise the Lord. So, and then there's tongues for interpretation. And interpretation has no meaning apart from the gift of tongues. Oh dear, I don't. Oh dear. Anyway, I've just remember. I'm trying to just wrap up a few things quickly. Well, so there was a. Um, we're all different, and interpretation is different whoever's interpreting. And um, when I say that, I mean this it's interpretation is like giving the sense of what we've said in another language. It's giving the sense rather than a word by word translation. There was a man, um, a Canadian preacher, went out to Kenya. Uh, to hold some meetings, and they gave a man who was considered to be the best um, interpreter in the country. And uh, the Canadian preacher started him, and he said, he said a few things, and all of a sudden the interpreter um, took off and spoke for about two minutes. So the um, preacher turned and said, Did I say all that? And uh, the man said to him, No, you didn't say that. He said, But I had to say all that in order to give them the understanding of what we did say. And so interpretation is not an exact translation, but it is giving the sense of what is revealed to you by the Spirit of God that was actually said in that tongue. It's all part of the exciting variety of being in a gathering where the Spirit of God is given free flow and the people I just longing to see his move and his uh, and his ministry just be released through the Lord to gather of God's people. These are amazing things. As a matter of fact, there's one other which I do really like. And I was uh, as I was coming across this, I thought, wait a minute, you stood up the other week. Yes, we did. We stood up the other week and told us to basically slow down a bit with erosion. Because uh, they used to have these Pentecostal meetings in the centre of London. One day, um, in one of these meetings, a message was poured out in tongues, and people were waiting for the interpretation to come. And when it came, it came through a Cockney uh, believer. And um, the, way the interpretation was, Oh, I know, my people, oh, I know. And what, what the Lord was saying was, Slow down. Slow down, my people. Wait on me for a bit. And it's just this huge variety in the things that the Spirit of God wants to say. God is real. You probably may not think in a meeting like this, you know, you can think of somebody said, half a month, half a month. You probably think it would be irreligious and a bit irreverent. But God is real. And, you know, he, he just wants us to keep pace with him and not just to rush on when he's not rushing on. Anyway, but these are all just amazing things. And so, well, I've always.
almost come to the end of my message here, but, well, I haven't come to the end of my message, I've come to the end of the time. So I want just to say uh, this um, here. It's so important for us to value these things, and especially to prophesy. But to look, I want to encourage you to read through, ponder, ask the Lord about it, and recognize that these things weren't just the one situation, one person. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And we want the Holy Spirit to be free to move in our gatherings and express the mind and the heart of God as He wills. And you know, when we start, when we start to begin to practice, perhaps even on our own, because if you speak in a tongue, speak for a couple or two or three minutes, and then stop and ask the Lord, say, Lord, please give me the interpretation of what I've just done. And there have been people who have received that interpretation in tears because God has spoken into their lives through interpretation they got that gave them direction for the next stage, the next season in their life, which they've been waiting for for ages. God wants to speak to us. And he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through circumstances. He speaks to us through the spirit of God. He speaks to us ourselves through tongues and interpretation. You know, when I started to look at this passage, it hit me. Because I thought, here I've been a believer all these years. And I don't think I've really fully grasped the way that the Lord wants to use us. I've never really thought of speaking in tongues for two and stopping and then asking the Lord for the interpretation. I mean, sometimes that interpretation will come as um, praise and worship. Um, sometimes it will come a message to yourself about your love, God has for you. Other times it will come, you know, for but just for encouragement and strengthening. But also in a gathering like this, it can come, God might want to speak to another person here, he might want to speak to the preacher, he might want to speak to the whole congregation. But we need to start opening our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, there is so much more. Help us, we pray, to embrace the spiritual gifts, these nine gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to manifest Himself through in any given meeting, whether believers or followers of Jesus gather. Because, brothers and sisters, we don't want to have what I would call a sense led meeting. We want to have a spirit led meeting. We want that word to be so true of each one of us and, and of our gatherings together. But where the Spirit is in, there is freedom. Amen. So, let it be. I just wonder, let's just wait on the Lord just a moment and see if there's any message that the Lord would give us a prophetic utterance. Let's just pray for a few moments quietly. And then I want to ask you to open your heart and say, Lord, please give me a word for these people. Don't be intimidated. Just take a step of faith and let it come.
and let it be as we find. Praise you, Lord. Father, just want to thank you, Lord, for speaking this morning in the different ways that you have. And now we just want to wait to God. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're in this place. And you desire the Spirit. Please release a word of Christ. We thank you. And we know you recognize the word that he would prophesy speaks to men and women. You are encouraging, strengthening, and confidence. Lord, could you speak to us this morning before we bring you to the church? In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure somebody got something to do. Just take a step, step out of the boat. For you. Peter is going to step out of that boat, but he's never walked on the water. Let's do that with you. I look upon, I look upon your doubts and your fears. But I also look upon your love for me. And I ask you in one thing to open up your heart and your heart to me. And you allow my spirit, whom I have sent, to strengthen you and encourage you and build you. So let my spirit take your tongue and flow in me, says the Lord. Because I have riches to share. I have encouragement to share. I have secrets to share that will move you forward and lift you up into a whole new realm of walking with me. If you will open your heart to the new dimensions of my spirit, which I am calling you to move to Jesus and to his grace. So be bold, be encouraged. Know that my love is on you and for you. And that I have wonderful things ahead. For your blessing and for the fruitfulness of your life. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let it be in Jesus' name.